in the last episode, I probably convinced you to spend a couple hundred dollars on Amazon. In this episode, I'm going to convince you to find something that money can't buy, and that is friends. Hey everyone, my name is Ray Burns, and I want to equip you to think biblically about every area of life so that you can keep growing in spiritual maturity. I say it every episode, and I mean it every episode. A huge thank you to my supporters over on patreon.com slash onward in the faith who pledge money every month to help kind of relieve some of the financial burdens involved in this ministry. If you'd like to join them, you can follow the link down in the show notes. As we left off last time, as you were all on the edge of your seats, uh, we are concluding this series on theology and we just looked at how to grow in theology, how to study, you know, what to do. And so I gave you a lot of stuff that you can just do all on your own, sitting on the chair in your living room. You know, I gave you book recommendations and, and ways to think and, and uh, you know, people to listen to like in your car and stuff like that. But as I said, as I cautioned, we want to be so careful not to just make theology this solo exercise. We don't want to forget that God has saved us into a community of believers, that God made us to be essentially social creatures, just kind of in general. And so in this episode, we are just going to talk about a few different uh, ways that you can learn in community. And now this will be a shorter episode compared to last time. It will be a less specific episode compared to last time because how this plays out is going to be different. And so what I want to do is kind of give you some guidelines, give you some things to consider and encourage you in. But ultimately, what are, you know, best advice up front, get involved in a good church, get involved with good, mature Christians and do all this stuff together. But if you're sitting there wondering, okay, well, how do I do that? How, you know, what are some different uh, advantages or ways to go about learning theology and community? I got you covered. So the first way, and th this is, of course, not at all a, a list of, you know, start here and here. Uh, this is just, you know, a collection of ideas. Uh, one uh, way, one of the best ways is to engage in discipleship. So if you are someone who wants to grow in understanding and learning how to read your Bible, to understand your Bible, to think through life from a biblical worldview, find a mature believer who will sit down with you and teach you how to do those things. Find someone who will sit down and help you study a book of the Bible, who will go through a, a study uh, thing with you or something like that. Find a Christian who will sit down with you, who will love you, who will invest themselves in you, and who is willing to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to do what? To make disciples. And we miss that a lot. You know, Jesus didn't say, go and make converts. Jesus didn't say, go and find warm bodies to sit in a pew every Sunday. He said, go and make disciples. Disciples are people who learn. They are students. They try to learn to be like their master. And so you want to find someone who is a follower of Jesus, who will teach you how to be a follower of Jesus as well. And this is important, if only because by doing that, you get to help them obey God, right? If they, if, if you have a mature believer that, you know, you know, maybe it's a parent or a friend at church or something like that, you know, uh, maybe an older uh, man or woman at church, if Jesus has told them to make disciples, even if you're already saved, they get to obey Jesus by discipling you, by sitting down with you, by connecting with you, getting to know you, living life with you. 
You know, it's, it's this, it's a great thing, you know, being able to disciple someone just as someone who has done it from both ends is, is a very unique relationship that draws you so close to God, no matter which side of the table you're sitting on. So find someone, ask someone, literally, I kid you not the first person that I really sat down and got into a serious discipleship relationship with, he came up to me at church and said, Hey, I want you to disciple me. I'm like, what? Hi, what's your name? <laughs> but, but that is how I entered into a discipleship relationship with someone is they literally came up to me. They had, they had seen my ministry and things like that. They were kind of new to the area and they said, Hey, I want you to disciple me. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to disobey Jesus. I mean, you know, so, uh, so find someone though, find someone you trust, find someone you look up to find someone Easiest way maybe to do it, I don't know if this is the best way, but the easiest way I would recommend thinking about it is look at someone who has a, a walk with Jesus Christ that you want and then go get it from them, right? Because if they are living this out, have them help you learn how to live it out as well. So get into discipleship where you are meeting regularly with the specific goal and focus of having a spiritual relationship where they are teaching you how to grow in your own theology and understanding of God so that you can live for God. Now, another important thing is to attend a Bible teaching church. Now, this should probably be number one, right? Because how are you going to find mature believers if you're not in a church that is producing mature believers? But find a Bible teaching church. Now, what do I mean by that? Because that's a, that's a specific term that is important. There are a lot of churches out there. There are a lot of churches out there that use the Bible, hopefully every church. There are a lot of churches out there who will open the Bible every Sunday, there are a lot of churches out there who will use a passage of verses from the Bible to teach a thing. And there are even churches out there who will go through and try to explain what's happening in the Bible. But what you want is a church where the pastor understands a lot of what we've talked about. You, ha you have a pastor who understands how to read God's word, how to interpret God's word. You need a pastor who is fully surrendered to the authority of God's word. So it's not just his opinions up there. He's not just, you know, kind of freewheeling it. It's not a pastor who is frequently showing up unprepared and is just trying to get by on their charisma, their personality, or their, their ability to manipulate emotions and things like that. Find a Bible teaching church that will, from the pulpit, you can follow the pastor and say, oh, here is how I need to read my Bible. Here is how I interpret this passage that we're in. And at the end of a sermon, you walk away not saying, boy, I really like my pastor, but boy, I understand God better. So find a church that reverences God's word, that knows that God's word is their highest authority, not just an authority, not just an authority that they will interpret through personal opinion or preference or social pressure and things like that. Find a church who says, this is what God's word says. We may not like it. It may make us uncomfortable, but this is what God's word says. Find a church like that, and you will find uh, a community that you are going to grow in. It's not going to be a perfect church. No church out there is perfect. But find a church where the pastors or the pastor 
is obedient to God's word, is fully surrendered to God's word, because that's going to create a community that is likewise surrendered to God's word. Uh, next, I would encourage you to join or even start group studies. There are a lot of materials out there that uh, people go through that are very good and high quality that are essentially, here's how to read the Bible together. Here's how to study the Bible together. And so you will read passages of scripture. You will have some, you know, guiding questions and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, join one of these that might be going on in your church or, you know, people, you know, if there's no one, start one. You know, the really nice thing about a lot of these studies that I've encountered is that as long as you are willing to put in the hard work in doing what the book says, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. It's a collective thing. Now, ideally, you will have someone mature in there who can keep things from getting kind of weird and off track, but really just start a Bible study with someone and use some of the good materials out there. Now, as far as recommendations, like I said, there is so much. I will say my number one favorite has probably been Behold Your God. Uh, just a really nice, it's a DVD series with a workbook and stuff attached to it. Uh, and it just is focused on you beholding your God, right? Being, being in awe of who he is so that you'll want to live for him in reverent obedience to him and his word. But uh, again, a lot of, of good, high-quality resources out there. Number four, ask questions to people who will help you find the answer. Now, I said, when you're reading your Bible, make sure you're asking questions and then, you know, go find those questions. I gave you some resources like commentaries and dictionaries that can help you go and find those resources or those answers. But sometimes you're still just stuck. And when that happens, find someone who can help you get unstuck. Again, it can be someone who is discipling you, so you know your pastor, another uh, wise and Bible understanding Christian in your life. But find people who will help you find these answers for yourself. And if they just give you the answer, because this can be tempting, especially you know if you're texting someone and they're like, "Oh, well, this is the answer." Ask them how they arrived at that answer. You know, do it respectfully, obviously, but have them help you understand you know, how they caught the fish, you know, you know, the, the, you know, you can teach someone to fish or you can give them a fish. You know, if someone just gives you a fish or someone gives you an answer, be thankful, chew on it, dwell on it, you know, ask further questions, but also ask, say, Hey, can you help me understand your reasoning behind this and why you think this is true? And that's going to be, again, good for both of you because they are going to be challenged to say, you know, do I really understand this? Or am I just saying it because that's what my pastor says or what I've always thought, or, do they really, you know, know how they arrived at that conclusion? And then you likewise, obviously benefit by saying, here's what they say is true, but here's all the, the support. Here's the foundation for why they believe what they believe. And that is always critical to our beliefs is it's great to believe the truth, but how do we know it's true? How do you know that something is really real or just sounds real? Ultimately, it's how do we know? Why do we believe what we believe. And so find people who will help you understand why you should believe whatever it is you believe about a topic, about a verse or whatever it is. Number five, take some classes. There's a lot of classes out there that can be held uh, locally. Uh, you know, you might have a Christian college. A lot of Christian colleges have stuff online. Um, there's just different online courses you can take. 
but just find some classes to take, you know, find something that forces you to not just kind of lay back and listen while you're cleaning dishes, but something that forces you to take notes, something that forces you to answer questions and get involved in a discussion with your teacher, because there is a, a, a vast difference between reading a book or listening to a podcast or listening to a YouTube video or whatever, and ha- and being in a classroom setting where you have to commit to what you're hearing. Because I can read a book and get nothing out of it. I can read a book and just have my eyes glaze over it. I can listen to a podcast or a sermon and just have it be present and be noise, but not be forced to interact with it. But in a classroom setting, in a good classroom setting, you can't just sit there and fold your hands and look at the teacher and say, hmm, yes, that's interesting. A good classroom setting, the thing that I'm talking about, is something that gives you homework. It forces you to engage with the topics of class. It forces you to say, I understand this, and here is how I know that I understand it. So classes are harder. They take a lot more of a time commitment. Unfortunately, especially if you're in America, they are rarely free or even cheap. But we're talking about growing in God's word here, and it's worth it. You know, it's, it's worth the time, it's worth the money to find a good quality class or series of classes that you can take to keep growing and understanding whatever topic you're taking a class on. And then the last recommendation I would give you is to engage in discipleship. Well, that sounds familiar. It does. But engage in discipleship from the other side. Remember the verse that I talked about in the previous episode and the episode before that, Ezra 7.10. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of Yahweh and to practice it and to teach his statute and judgment in Israel. And that's what we're talking about here. That is, in a way, discipleship. I mean, Ezra was more of a public teacher, but Christ himself, you know, commanded, go and make disciples. You know, we are in a disciple reproducing business, if you will. Someone makes us a disciple. They teach us, they equip us, they grow us. But the point of that is ultimately to take us to a point where we can then go and make disciples of others. We can equip them with the truth to understand it, to think about it, to live it out. Why? So that they can practice it and then go and teach it to others as well. And that that needs to be our goal is, yes, we want to learn, but not learning for sake of learning. We want to learn so that we can live for God. And yes, we want to live for God, but we want to grow in knowledge so we can live for God fully. And full living for God isn't just, like I said, sitting in our bedrooms and isolating ourselves, but it is taking what we've learned and understood and pouring it into others, you know, serving our body of believers, finding individuals that we can teach, you know, hosting classes, leading studies and things like that. But I would strongly encourage you find someone that you can disciple. It can be your spouse. It can be your kids. You know, those are your number one discipleship mandates and opportunity. Wherever you're at in your walk with Christ, you need to be discipling those within the walls of your home. But pray and ask God for an opportunity to disciple someone else. Pray that God will bring someone who says, hey, I want you to disciple me. Now, I don't think that's the typical format for things. Um, You know, for example, when I got discipled by my dear friend, Chris, uh, we just kind of bonded over a shared interest. 
And so we would kind of hang out and chat and he got to know me a bit more and he slowly kind of broached the subject of, you know, spiritual things. And he said, Hey, you know, do you want to get together and study the Bible? And I mean, all, you know, God had been working in my life for years before this moment to bring me to the point that I would say yes to him. But Chris went out and saw an opportunity to obey God and make a disciple. Now I was already saved at that point, but I was wildly immature. You know, I think I shared with you recently that, you know, I, I've only been actively surrendered to Jesus Christ for about 10 years now. You know, I spent 10 years saved, but in rebellion. And then now 10 years say still saved, but studying, practicing and wanting to teach others also. So, you know, you might have someone who just breaks down your door and says, you will disciple me. But it's far more likely that you are going to need to initiate that with someone else. You're going to need to find someone and say, hey, would you be interested in getting together for coffee? And, you know, maybe talking about some questions you have about the faith or, hey, would you like to get together and study the book of James with me? You know, make it a, a commitment time where they can start it and say there's a definite end point that they can commit to. But in that time that you're given invest in them, get to know them, not just through, Hey, here's what the Bible says, but get invested in their life, understand who they are, what they need, how they think, you know, be able to pivot and help them understand a new crisis or difficulty or question that comes up, but be that discipler in someone's life that hopefully someone has been in your life. So discipleship is a great start point, but discipleship is also to a degree, our end point. Right, like Ezra, we want to study so that we can practice it, but then we want to be able to teach others also. We want to be that light, that rock, that mature Christian in someone's life that someone was for us. Because as I said, God doesn't just save us and just have us kind of sit and just hang around until we die or the Lord returns. God saves us for a purpose. He saves us into something. He saves us and gives us an identity. We are followers of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to honor and glorify and obey him in this life. And we do that in community with other brothers and sisters in Christ. That is, like I said, this is a simpler episode uh, that is going to wrap up this series. So uh, as kind of a recap, you know, we talked about why Christians don't like theology. We've talked about uh, what theology is. We talked about how God very clearly wants us to grow in truth so that we can live in the truth. And in these last two episodes, we've talked about how we then do that at a practical level. So my hope, my prayer is that this has been valuable to you, that you haven't just heard like a collection of good ideas, but that you said, you know what, I'm going to implement that into my life. That is a great idea. I, I want that for myself. I never thought about that. Or, you know, God said, you know, you know, you, God's been working on you for a long time. And now finally you're like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what I know God wants me to do. You know, th this whole series, this whole uh, ministry itself is ultimately, here's what I had to learn the hard way let me help you not suffer and struggle as much as I have. So everything I've talked about here, these are things that I have done. And these are things that I think are valuable and things that I hope to one degree or another, maybe some of them, maybe all of them. But these are things that I hope that you will take seriously and want to do as well. 
So uh, if this has been valuable to you, again, you know, share this ministry with others. I am terrible at self-promotion, so it's only through the mercy of things like YouTube or Google algorithms that anyone seems to find me. Um, but, you know, share it with others. Uh, think on it. Um, you know, if you want to support this channel, you can check the link down in the show notes where you can kind of help support uh, Onward in the Faith financially. But ultimately, please don't let this just be a good idea that you heard. Take it and let it help you keep moving onward in your faith toward maturity in Christ. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. If this ministry is a blessing to you, there are three ways that you can support it. You can pray for Ray and Onward in the Faith itself. You can share this episode with others, or you can help with various expenses by visiting patreon.com slash onward in the faith or following the link in the show notes. We hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith towards maturity in Christ.